Cheap, easy money creates massive demand. Massive demand creates supply. What happens when we have more demand than we have supply? If prices go up, people can necessarily not afford the house anymore. It puts these people in a place that was worse than when they first got the loan. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Get Roll Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good morning <laughs> or afternoon. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it's morning for us. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're going to jump into a... Pretty serious topic today, so I'm I may crack fewer jokes than normal on today's podcast. And I say that this is serious and this is potentially very controversial. But Heather, we don't shy away from controversial topics on this show. Nope. I mean I think that's that's one thing that's refreshing when we have a guest or someone and they're nervous. I've had several guests say, Oh, I don't know, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, no, we just have a conversation. Like we've talked about this before, we never do any retakes. We just say it how it is, right? So, but this, it's harder to say how it really is because it's affecting other people in a different way than we've ever experienced, so. Yes, and so as we begin to talk about this, I'm not gonna pretend that I um, have all of the solutions. I'm not gonna pretend that I even fully comprehend because I don't, Yeah, but, I mean, I'm capable of looking at things and looking at history and seeing glaring errors when there are some. And so I am going to point those out and not going to apologize for pointing them out. So I came across an article that I I sent to Heather. Bank of America launches zero down payment mortgages to help minorities buy their first homes. Now, I think that's laudable in a lot of ways. I really do. I think that's fantastic. Sounds really good. Yep. Yep. That said, they put a whole bunch of stipulations on this and they did some things that make this program potentially not as great as it looks on the surface or in the headline. Mm-hmm. And so I want to go over what this is. And then I want everybody to just, let's just take the fact that this has anything to do with race out for just a second. And let's just think about this program as it is constituted. And I think maybe in the historical perspective of what happened in the um, early to mid 2000s, because that should be still on everyone's mind. Although I think it's not, it probably should be. So eligibility for this program, first and foremost, is based on location of home, because you do not have to be a minority to get this. You just have to live in what they're considering a Um, a minority community. That's what you have to, Mm -hmm. right? So it's where the home is located. That's what, that's what the important thing is here. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it is very interesting. Um, That in and of itself poses some potential problems, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Now, the, this is aimed to help narrow the ownership gap between black and Hispanic communities and white folks right? Which which again is laudable, all right? This is how they're going to underwrite this program, okay? It says rigorous underwriting. 
Um, they're not based on a credit score at all. It's based on income and home, lo uh, home location. So there's no minimum credit score and there's no mortgage insurance. And in spite of the fact that this is zero, zero down, there's no MI. Oh, I miss this. that. That's interesting. Why, mm -hmm. how could they do that? Who's paying that <laughs> risk insurance? Yeah. Well, hmm. it's a good question. It appears that there isn't any. Um, and we'll talk about in just a little bit why that, why a bank would think that's a decent idea. Now, Bank of America folks has proven, has been proven in court, basically, or well, they may have settled out of court. I don't remember, um, that they did discriminatory things in the past. So maybe they're trying to make up for that by this loan program. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. But what it does is I think exacerbate a problem. So anyway, the locations for this is going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Miami. Okay. That's where they're rolling this thing out. Those, and it's only in specific areas, I think, in, inside of those, um, those cities, because obviously there's some very wealthy areas in every one of those cities. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about what could go wrong here, right? I mean, just no minimum credit score is... <laughs> It's kind of like taking a tenant without worrying about their credit score, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, they're doing some things that I think are, again, good because they're looking at your auto insurance payment history. They're looking at your rent payment history. But this is nothing new. Okay, so back in the early 2000s, we helped people who didn't have a credit score build a credit score. And how did we do that? We took the very things that they're using here, which so this is not new, okay? They took that and we sent that in and we created, helped them create a credit score. Okay. So this isn't really that new. What is new is zero down again and forcing people to buy homes in subpar areas. Yeah. Now, I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say it because in today's world, you have to say it. Otherwise, you know, people will make up things about what you said. These areas are not subpar because they're minority. They're subpar because they're subpar. It just happens to be that there's a lot of minorities that live there. Okay. They're subpar because of the government institutions that made them that way. Yeah. It, it doesn't have anything to do with the people who live there. Okay. I just want to make that very clear. I have a little experience with this because I rehabbed houses in the early 2000s in this specific area of Kansas City. And, you know, we sold houses to some really, really awesome people down there, but there are massive problems in these areas. Yeah. And to not discuss the massive problems in these areas is a problem in and of itself. Yeah. It just seems like they're trying to increase homeownership percentage and to see like, it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. Like if we have more homeowners in here, let's see if it improves the neighborhood. <laughs> It's kind of yeah, which it doesn't. Okay, yeah. because we we rehabbed houses, and I thought the same thing. I thought, man, you know, if we could just start at this street, and we could just buy up houses and renovate them, and then sell them to nice families, we yeah. could literally change this whole area. But as soon as you start doing that, and then the house gets gang tagged, the value drops. Yeah. Now, is that good for the person who bought the house? No, because now the property values have gone down. And why did it go down? Because we didn't fix the underlying problems in the area, which has nothing to do with homeownership and everything to do with crime. 
and poverty, lack of opportunity. So by forcing, now, and you just think this through for just a second, we are going to force minorities who, by Bank of America's definition, have not had the same opportunity as others, not that they can get this loan and go somewhere else, we're going to force them to stay where the schools are miserable, crime is ridiculously high, and no sane person would choose to live if they had the choice. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. And giving them, you know, such good good terms to do it, it that's, I think, where, you know, if they can't qualify elsewhere and they qualify for this program, they're limited to where they can buy. It feels like it perpetuates the problem rather than... Yeah, and let's think about it in a positive light because I just shed the negative light. So let's think about it in the positive light. Let's say that that does happen. Let's say that if we get enough homeowners in this area, the homeowners say enough, right? And they fix the crime problem and they they do all this, that, that would be awesome, okay? Yeah. In the meantime, cheap, easy money creates massive demand. Massive demand in a specifically targeted area creates, well... Less supply. <laughs> yeah. What happens when we have more demand than we have supply? Yeah. Prices go up in an area where if prices go up, people can necessarily not afford the house anymore. And so we have created a problem that didn't exist in an area that didn't need that problem before we fix the underlying problems of the area, mm -hmm. which likely will have the same effect as it did when I was there, which means home values go up. And then home values come crashing down. And what does that do? Well, it puts these people in a place that was worse than when they first got the loan. Yeah. Now, not only do they have no credit or poor credit, they have horrible credit because now they have a foreclosure on their record. I'm not sure how that helps people. I just, I just don't understand how that helps people. Well, and I would say too that areas like that don't typically appreciate and typically are going to go down in value just in general, right? Like without this loan program. Well, and yes, but it's usually artificial appreciation. It's artificial because of a demand problem. Yeah. You know, demand associated with, and then as soon as things start to balance out, it loses value because people don't want to live where their schools are horrible. Yeah. And they don't want to live where they can get shot. I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, when we talk about buying rental properties, we talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't have to say that it's based on race. I can just clearly say, I don't want to live anywhere where you can get shot. I don't care if it's a whole bunch of white people or a whole bunch of black people. I don't want to live somewhere where I'm going to get shot. And the poor schools, you know, keep a lot of families out of that area, right? Correct. There's crime in the schools or, you know, issues like that. No one's going to want to live there. <laughs> now, I'd like to point out also that this program does come with some really good things, I think. Okay. They're forcing classes on homeownership and some finance classes and things like that to be approved for this loan, which I think is fantastic. Okay. That, yeah. that goes a long ways to helping people remain in the home and not lose the home. So kudos to you, Bank of America. I think that's yeah. fantastic. And wish we had stuff like that in our school systems. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. not? That's my point. Why don't we just fix the freaking problem to begin with? Yeah. Instead of like we're fixing a symptom and we're trying to bump numbers so that we can feel good about ourselves and it's not fixing the underlying problem. 
Mm-hmm. In addition to that, all these articles, they talk about the home ownership percentage and they talk about the gap as if the home ownership hasn't gotten better for minorities anyway. It's at its highest that it's ever been, in, two, in at least in 2020, it was as high as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Yes, still a gap, but we're doing better than we were. Moving I mean, in the can, right direction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's at least put that in the article somewhere, right? That we're in a right trajectory. Let's figure out how to, to make it even better than it has been. Yeah. Instead of suggesting that it's atrocious when it was, and it's better than it was now, still not as good as it should be. But what are all of the problems that are associated with this that we need to fix? Yeah. Schools, opportunity, commercial development, residential development, crime, all of these things in these specific areas are a massive, massive problem. And regardless of of what race, if it's a generational pattern that you rent and this is, you know, and you spend more than you make, then like having my brain's latching on to that education idea of teaching those things that maybe their parents or some parents haven't taught their kids, regardless of what color their skin is. Like there's just some generational patterns of just, this is how my parents did it. This is how I'm going to do it. You know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's the same in the very, very poor white communities. This is a poverty problem. Mm -hmm. And in those areas where there is lack, well, there's a lack of a lot of things. And one of those is education on how to achieve and how to get out of those, you know, miserable conditions. Now, again, I like to give credit where credit is due to Bank of America's credit. They're also launching a small business loan program for these same areas targeted at minority and women-owned businesses. Now, I think that's fantastic. Love that. Mm -hmm. Um, So long as they couple that with not just some financial classes, but also some business education classes so that people, when they start their business, have a higher chance of success because a loan program does not a business make. Uh, Giving someone a loan to start a business doesn't mean they're going to be successful. And as a matter of fact, in many cases, it can make them unsuccessful. So while I think that's a fantastic thing, without solving the root of the problem again, this isn't going to work. We just had opportunity zones and those opportunity zones were targeted the same areas that brought money and investment into these areas where people could go get jobs and money pouring into those areas is great if it's used appropriately, especially with the tax base. But what we found is that a lot of those businesses either left or closed down because of the crime. Mm. And that's still happening in those areas. People simply don't want to live or open businesses where they may die. That's such a crazy, crazy concept. <laughs> don't want to live or open a business where I might die. Try to avoid um, the death. <laughs> I, now, being the skeptic that I am, I have to wonder about the timing mm. of this particular loan product. So bear with me for a second while I again remove race from this and just talk about money. I have a really hard time believing that this awesome new loan program came out of the, you know, warm center of some CEO's heart. Mm -hmm. I just have a hard time believing that because these large banks really don't give a damn about anybody. So I ask myself, is there something about the timing of this particular loan product 
that screams, how do I pad my bottom line? Or in this case, my top line. Well, let's just go back over the last several months and find out what's happened to the lending business. Yeah. Is it, is it harder or easier as a lender to make loans these days? Oh my goodness. So much harder. And we are getting, I, I mean, every week I'm getting emailed by two or three different lenders. Hey, can we, can we take some of your loans? Like, can we help your clients? And here's our mm -hmm. programs. And they're mm -hmm. hurting these high interest rates. No one's refinancing anymore. And, or very few people are refinancing anymore, I should say. And then you just have just less people buying in general in some areas with the high interest rates, they're just staying put. So it, they're hurting. So if I'm, if I'm a bank and I'm thinking to myself, man, we only make loans and we can, we can only create this fake money that we're able to create if we continue to make loans and my loans just got chopped. I got to ask myself, how can I figure out how to make loans? Now, again, I'd love to think that these wonderful CEOs of these banks and all of the wonderful people at these banks on the, on the top level of the banks just want to help folks out. Yeah. But the timing of this makes me think, nah, really, they're just trying to make loans. And this is a, I mean, when you can make money super cheap and easy for people, they will absolutely go use it. And we know this because that's exactly what the government did with education back in the, uh, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And look what has happened to education. I'll just state education as the litmus test for everything I stated earlier. You make it super easy, you make it super cheap, and people will, will use it. And then what happens on the other end, Heather? You make it super easy and super yeah. cheap to get debt. What happens with the asset they're buying? Well, I mean, arguably education could be an asset or not, but depending on what degree you got, but <laughs> what happens with this other thing over here just goes up in value or cost, I guess, not value. It goes up in cost. Yeah. We've seen education skyrocket. And if you look at a graph, Heather, if you look at the graph, as soon as they made it cheap and easy, the government, well, colleges started selling education harder. Mm-hmm. And they started raising the prices because the money was cheap and easy. And now we have what we've got today. We have a yeah. massive, massive problem where people have gone out and gotten this really super easy debt. The prices of college is astronomical, far more than what the education can provide the, a person. Mm -hmm. And we have a whole generation of people saddled with debt with, I don't know, degrees that are worthless. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying potentially will happen here, except for it is specifically targeted to poor people in poor areas, which yeah. I think, again, on the surface looks great, underneath looks really, really ugly, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I agree on the timing. And, you know, for my husband, I know the average debt for his degree was six figures at least. And I mean, he's a psychologist. They don't, they don't make that much money. He didn't go into it for the money. And so we worked really hard when he was in school to take on very little student loan debt. 
And that's the reason why we've been able to buy rental properties and stuff. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to. We would have had more debt, more payments. We wouldn't have been able to better our financial future for a long time. So I think the same thing kind of applies here, that it could put people in a worse situation. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like if we're trying to help people out of poverty, why wouldn't we help them out of the area that is poverty stricken? Yeah. I guess if you would poll people whether or not they would prefer to live there where, where again, they can get shot and the schools are horrible or live somewhere else, I bet you most of them would say that they would prefer to live somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that the only reason they live there is because that's where they can. Yeah. Maybe not. I may be completely wrong. And again, I'm a bald white guy, so what do I know? <laughs> but this particular program, in spite of the fact that it has some really good really good points. Um, The education is super. Um, The small business loan program, I think is great, only if it's carried out well. But I, I go back to my cynical side and I just say, this is the first of many creative loan programs that are going to birth in the next many months. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on record right now as saying, there's going to be a bunch more of these. They're not all going to be targeted at minorities. They're just going to be targeted at making money. And there's going to be a lot of them. Loan volume's down. I mean, yeah. they, they have to do something. They need loans. Yep. So they're going to create ways to get them. I just remind you, we've seen this before. Yeah. This is not new. And, you know, and paying attention, looking at the ramifications and stuff before you just jump in at the easy money. Yeah, easy I mean, it's always better. It wasn't very many years ago. This was called predatory lending. And that they were screaming. People were screaming about Mm -hmm. folks taking advantage of poor and minority folks. People got sued over it and they weren't even calling it and targeting it like this. This is specifically targeted. As a matter of fact, I mean, there are several articles that I I was reading that that were saying that this this could be discriminatory in nature anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I am, I am pro home ownership for everybody. I, I really am. And I think, um, I hope this program works. I, um, I strongly doubt that it will help the majority of the people who use it. I'm sure that it will help some, uh, but I guess the one thing that we know that the banks learned from the last time that they tried all of this nonsense, they learned that they were too big to fit. That's what they learned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people, um, there's so many articles out there, why, why are the banks doing something that they know is you know, what caused problems last time for them? Well, folks, it didn't cause problems for them last time. It didn't. It caused problems for us last time. Yeah. It caused problems for the people who got taken advantage of last time. It caused problems for the real estate industry in general, the mortgage industry in general. And then the very people who created this problem, the banks and the government, Neither one of them had any problems. The banks got bailed out. Billions and billions of dollars of our money, you and you and my, our money, you and me, the government took and bailed them out. So they, they learned nothing other than that they can get away with this. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Yeah. So I'm just saying, <laughs> watch, because my guess is there's going to be a lot more of this coming up. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if Bank of America, with their big, huge heart, starts making crazy loans to people other than minorities soon. 
you know, because they're going to run out and they yeah. still got to make loans. So this is just a, a way that they can feel good about themselves and still take advantage of people in Ron's humble opinion. Sure looks that way, man. <laughs> That's what it looks like. So again, there you have it. I, you know, I thought about um, whether or not we should uh, do a show on this because undoubtedly somebody's going to get all butthurt about this. I think I've been, I, I think I've tried to be careful in, in the way that I presented this. Uh, it is, um, everything I said is against the banks and not against any yeah. people. Banks and the government caused these problems. Banks and the government bailed themselves out of these problems. And they left all of us. Doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter anything other than you are a person living here in the country. We all shouldered the bill for the banks and the government. We were the people who suffered through that. Right. The, the, the folks in the government didn't. No. None of them suffered. People at the banks didn't. They didn't suffer. It was everybody else. That is my entire point. And it's yeah. going to happen again if they continue to do. Doesn't matter what label they put on it. If they continue to make loans that are crazy, we will have a problem again. I promise. Let's hope not. But I agree with you. It's okay, it, everybody. I told you harder to share about this because of the, not as much yeah. fun, Heather. Yeah. But this is something that people are talking about and that people are reading. Yeah. And um, there you have the get real version of what this really is. Mm -hmm. Now, on a positive note, we should still get out there and make something happen this week, folks. <laughs> in spite of the fact that banks are being stupid, we should still get out there and make something happen. So, whatever that is in your life, Please, uh, this week, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to GetRealEstateSuccess.com.